0: This is the Spirit Truth Podcast, conversations to equip worship teams and songwriters. Hi everyone and welcome to uh, the Spirit Truth Podcast. If this is your first time listening, my name is James uh, and I'm gonna be your host. Um, I've been involved with worship teams and leading worship and songwriting and a whole bunch of, of things like that for about 20 years or so. Uh, and along the way, I've met some really amazing people who've become really close friends. Um, and so that's the idea with this podcast is just to chat to, to some of those people about their experiences, what they've learned, uh, the kind of the moments they, they avoid and the moments that they celebrate. Um, and so for this episode, I'm really excited because I'm sitting in a bit of a windy Cape Town. With a really close friend of mine, uh, Louis. Louis, say hi. Hi,
1: James. So cool to be here. <laughs> Amazing. In Windy Cape Town.
0: In Windy Cape Town. Louis, Louis, I got to know, I think about nine years ago. I was trying to work it out. Um, and my first memory of Louis was when he arrived for his audition for the <laughs> band. And, for, okay, firstly he arrived like really late which is actually weird because it's not like you at all, because you That's are, true. you're always on time and, and so on. So, so Louis is a drummer, by the way, let me put that I mean, up. We have first. to keep time as well. So so. <laughs> yeah. so, so Louis arrives for his drum audition and he's, first he's late. Secondly, he's dripping wet because I think he, he walked through the rain. Or it was a, it was done. a rainy day.
1: rainy day. I didn't have a car or transport yet. So I walked
0: all uh, the way from my house. Yeah. Not from Namibia where he's from. Um, <laughs> And I think you were barefoot. Is I, that possible?
1: I changed shoes. Oh, okay. I came in with wet shoes and then kind of changed them.
0: There was something in my in my mind about about no shoes. Um, and then he joined the band. And then from there, we've really had the privilege to become really good friends and played so many different places together. I had the opportunity to, to tour a little bit. And uh, last year, uh, 2018, we made an album together. His first time recording drums on an album. Amazing experience. Um, And what I love, besides all just the friendship that we have, uh, in terms of worship, like Louis can just read exactly where I want to go 99% of the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unless there's an opportunity for a solo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, I'll give, I've apparently got a wink, which I give uh, when I'm wanting to like, bring the song down, this is the end of it. Okay, so we're slowing down, give the wink. And then Louis thinks that means he needs to solo. Uh, that That's happened a few times, but but 99% of the time he he knows where, where I want to go. Yeah, it's because the solo wink and the normal wink is exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to, uh, I need to bring more definition to to my winks. Um, but Louis, just quickly tell us in like half a minute, uh, how do you get involved in drumming and maybe why drums? Uh, yeah that you, you you are the one who spends probably 40 minutes sitting up and 40 minutes sitting down so why why do you get into drumming so
1: why drumming i guess it started when i was about 9 years old uh, that's when i picked up sticks for the first time okay. and uh, i've i've always kind of loved i loved any song with more rhythm rhythm components to it like from when i was you know 5 6 or as, as long as i can remember it's always been like rhythm Rhythm-based songs. If it's if the 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 classic, if it has a beat, I want to listen to it. Okay. Uh, And then someone, just uh, a close friend of mine, came to me and said, "Listen, uh, I I want to show you how to how to play some drums. I've been playing drums for a while. I was like, cool. And uh, we sat down, and I loved it from the very first time. Got the first groove, uh, quite." quite quickly and then got started getting some formal instruction after that so that kind of just hooked me from from the beginning okay it was more of a mentorship someone in church came to me it's like listen you know we need we want you to play drums okay uh, and it went from there
0: nice so you've been playing how
1: many years now that would make it about 20 years now sure
0: that's amazing um and you can you can tell you can definitely tell when a drummer has has experience okay so so what i wanted to chat to you about is just some of the things that you do in terms of your preparation and how you approach Sundays. Um, because I really, I know a few people who prepare the way that, that Louis looks, um, the way that Louis does. Um, but first tell me, what, what, what would you say is the role of the drummer or, or, or maybe there's some bands out there that don't have a drummer, um, have maybe a percussionist. What, what is the role of that person who provides that rhythm um, on a Sunday as part of the worship team?
1: Uh, so when I think of drumming and percussion, I think of uh, phrasing or we provide a framework for, for things to happen in. Yeah. So uh, everyone can clap hands, <laughs> presumably everyone can clap hands.
0: That's debatable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, the first thing that people react to is some sort of phrasing, some sort of beat that happens. Yeah. And to my mind, that's a repetition, any repetition of, a, of a, uh, something like that, a rhythmic component is a phrase. Okay. And a phrase provides something that within which other things can happen. It's a timing framework. Yeah. So whenever we, we play a groove, uh, it provides something for, for, for other instruments to you know, take up or down or yeah. uh, you know, play within. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we, we give drive and impact. Mm. We drive the song, if it's, a, if it's supposed to be a fast song or a slow song, mm. uh, we give that drive. Yeah, we, we we determine how quickly we get somewhere, and also we give impact in the term in terms of dynamics. Yeah, you know if it's we I think it's the only uh, instrument that I know of that's that uh, has the whole spectrum with it, from cymbals high sounding trebly type stuff to like the, the low end and everything in between. Yeah, so we really give impact uh, and percussion as well, whether you're mm. playing a cajon or a djembe it gives impact to a song where people want to start you know, nodding their head or bobbing their head with the yeah. music or just enjoy the, the, th- the thrill or the non-thrilliness of a song. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's pretty much how I see it.
0: Okay, cool. I, I really thought you were going to throw in a drum, a drum joke there when we <laughs> speak about the role of the drummer. <laughs> um, drum roll, please. Because Louis, Louis has many drum jokes. Maybe you can just insert one every now and then.
1: Um, I'll, I'll as the the as the moment inspires me. Okay, okay, insert. cool.
0: No, I agree. Um, and I think what what I always tell the drummers is, is they they so they actually leaders. Um, you know, besides the worship leader, they take a massive role in taking the lead. Um, and in fact, if I had to choose one musician to play with me, um, where I could be a bit picky about who I want to play with me, I would definitely choose my drummer carefully. Um, because they they kind of make or break a set or, or a song. Um, you're wanting somebody who's consistent, but you're wanting somebody who can really feel where things are going. Uh, and I, I always speak about the fact that Asaf, who was um, kind of the the leader of um, David's band, he was the percussionist or the drummer. Um, and so you, it's amazing to think that the drums they really provide they they provide direction for the rest of the band. So the, so the drummer in a sense is following the worship leader and following the Holy Spirit, um, but they're providing a lot of the direction that the rest of the band is, is feeding off. So hugely important.
1: Some drummers are also quite high maintenance, so you really have to be careful about which one you want to build a song relationship with.
0: <laughs> are you high maintenance, Larry?
1: I would like to think not, but I probably am. And, uh, I, don't think I so, get though. I get picky about certain <laughs> things.
0: <laughs> so, so I mentioned Louis. You honestly prepare like a machine. Um, and I, I always know when Louis is going to be on with me. He's going to come and he's going to know the songs. He's going to know the parts. Uh, so, I actually want you to chat around. How does your preparation look like? Uh, what does your preparation look like in the week before?
1: So, prepare. 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 That's a wrong phrase. Preparation. Yeah. Is something that yeah I, I like to take it seriously because once again you know we, us as drummers we provide the framework uh, I think nothing can can ruin a song like someone that's not rhythm that's rhythmically out of sync you know yeah. a wrong note here and there is still forgivable but if someone's really just messing up rhythms it's uh, it, it kind of just ruins the, the 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 song I guess mm. um, and it can be quite a distraction so I'm quite careful to really think about. Uh, So when we get together on a Sunday, uh, we practice on the Sunday just before the service. So that does not leave much time for, for me to practice on my own with or to, to practice on a band, but I have to practice on my own. Mm. No, so,
0: no time to really kind of figure stuff out yeah, on the spot.
1: Yeah. So often I, whenever, actually all the time, whenever songs are sent out, if the worship leader lets us know, okay, this is this, these are the songs I want to do, I always request uh, the, the au- reference audios that they have in mind. Okay. You know, uh, if it's, uh, are we doing... Um, Furious Love by Bethel. Then I say, okay, well, is this the version you have in mind?
0: Mm.
1: Uh, that's point number one: is get on the same page as the worship leader.
0: Mm.
1: And then, secondly, I would listen through. I would listen through it a couple of times actually, uh, to try and determine what is what is the groove. You know, what are, what are the what are the drum parts? Literally, mm. sit and count out. Uh, what are the drum parts? Is it are they playing on two and four? Is there an off beat on the hi hat? Uh, if we want to speak technically, or just what is the sound what is the sound of the drums? is it what is it like huge types of drums, or can I work around with it with percussion? Mm. Are there interesting little samples or symbols that you might want to use like these types of things that you only realize after you 've you know l- listened through it a couple of times mm. uh, and after i 've done that and kind of written down the the structure of the song as well because every musician should know the structure of the song it 's not looks like someone 's phoning you. It's not. A reminder. Uh, oh, a reminder! Reminder to uh, tell the drummer to move on <laughs> to the next question. I mean, we can talk gear all day long. You know? <laughs> but getting back to preparation, uh, or my preparation, uh, after I've written out the structure of the song, uh, because we—I mean—we don't. Quite often, it is the case that we don't have notes or chords that we play, but we need to have some sort of reference as to when is the chorus starting, mm. when is the bridge. Uh, and that that does not always sit in memory. Yeah. Um, I do commit this to memory on a Sunday. I don't want to have to look at papers. Yeah. But that's also a very important part is just to know the song. We're yeah. a bunch of musicians. Lastly, I, I really try and sit down behind the instrument because I'm going to be playing and yeah. I play through the song. Yeah. And uh, often I find that when I play through the song, I realize that there are certain parts that, I, that I've forgotten about or mm. that I still need to learn, even if it's if I'm playing this song, uh, you know, "Deep Cries Out" is a song we do quite often, and we have done it quite often in the past. And every time I sit down and I practice to it, there's something I know I forgot,
0: mm.
1: and it's great to just play through the song and really see where where do I do things differently uh, than than the drummer does. And at the end of the day, after I've gotten that uh, to me, then I can start rearranging to what I think is necessary for on a, uh, you know, on a Sunday. Quite often we're not, we don't have the same instruments available or sometimes if we're playing in a, sh- in a small church, you, know, you don't always have the, the big electrics and the, mm. all of that, then it doesn't help I try and bash out all these <laughs> grooves and things they do on, a, on say a Hillsong or a Bethel or a shofar band album. But uh, then just rearrange that for, for our setting. And yeah. that's, quite, that's quite important. So that's, it's a, it takes a lot of time uh, or it takes some time to just think through these things. Mm. But as I, you know, over over the years, I've kind of gotten a, a good practice method. It helps me get through all these things quickly.
0: Uh, how of, how long do, you, do you, would you spend on, on practicing in the week?
1: During the week, uh, on average, it would be around about anything between two to four, maybe five hours. Okay, cool. Uh, depending on how well I know the songs. Yeah. If it's a new song, I, I try to spend quite a bit of time on it yeah. uh, because it's quite important to, to just learn the structure. But if we're playing, for instance, Furious from Bethel, uh, now and again, we don't play it often anymore. Um, it's something I've played quite often in the past and we've done it on a Sunday, so we have a set structure. I don't spend too much time, but it's usually around two to four, maybe yeah. five hours okay. uh, cool. if I can sit behind an instrument.
0: And another question, what... Um, we mentioned percussionists. If you were going to play percussion and not drums, how would you approach your preparation differently? Like how would, how would you translate what you wanted to do on drums on, onto a djembe, for instance?
1: That's a very good question. Uh, I think the the role of percussion, if there is a drummer, then your role is to do percussion. Yes. That means you're not doing what the drummer is doing.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, And trying to complement what he does. But if you are if there is only percussion on a, a church service or at intercession or uh, somewhere where you're playing, um, and you, I mean you, th- this is what is available, then you are the drummer, mm. which means you have to, or I would think you would have to do what the drummer is doing. Mm. So that, to me, means there is the 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 best example is basically the kick and snare placement. Mm. You know, if there's a do da in the song, you would want to basically try and replicate that on. The djembe, because that is the, that is the groove. Mm. That is what you need to play. So you would you know, hit the bass on, on the djembe, the bass part, and then hit the sort of high-pitch places on the djembe as well mm. and do the du-du-da, du-du-da. And then maybe add some percussive stuff, depending yeah. on how well you know your instrument. But if you are a percussionist and you're the only one, you are the drummer, mm. which probably means to, to get the song going and to keep the song going, you would need to do what the drummer would do
0: yeah um something else when, when you're preparing what do you do if you don't have a drum kit at home uh, i don't know that was your case for for a few years when you were still a student
1: i would just hit everything with sticks <laughs> actually um there is it starts small i what i what i literally would do is uh, i would use a, a visualization technique um well maybe more of a of a of a Audibilization technique <laughs> and the visual, but the, the basic concept is, is: I would I would literally listen to the song, and I would tap my foot at the time where you know a kick drum happens, and yeah. I would use my hands. I would literally air drum it all out yeah. uh, until I thought it was it was great. And then as I was able to start as a student investing in some equipment, so I would play on pillows. Mm-hmm. I'd set out like five pillows and just kind of try and mimic all the.
0: Did um, you just call it pillow equipment?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pillows make great drumming. I, I would drum on pillows all the time. Come check my gear, man. <laughs> Sleep liner. <laughs> I, uh, I drummed on phone books, textbooks. Uh, practice I, pads? Practice pads, yes. Uh, as I could start investing in practice pads, I have a, a, a silent setup at home. Uh, I have, like for instance, the, the Zildjian L-80s or low-volume cymbals that I had simply mounted on gear I bought. And mm. I have practice pads. Practice pads are, are, are quite, uh, you know, they're not too expensive. Mm. Um, I play on that quite a lot as I listen through the song and I just get some movement going. Mm. It's not enough to, uh, or my experience is it's not enough to just listen to the song and then suddenly you know how to play it. You actually have to move around yeah. with it and... Create Feel grooves, it, okay. yeah. literal grooves in your mind yeah. and feeling. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's basically how I get around not having a kit cool. or not not having had a kit.
0: Okay, and now, so now you've prepared, you've got all your stuff in your mind and you get to rehearsals. What, what are those, what's the kind of things that you look out for in rehearsals or some of the things that you really want to communicate as the drummer? Um, you, you know, if you could imagine, this is what everybody else in the band needs to know the drummer is thinking and the drummer wants and the drummer needs, like what would, what would you say are some of the things that are important for you uh, during rehearsal?
1: Sure. The The most important thing for me is getting on the same page as the, as the worship leader. Mm. I think that is, uh, if the band's not on the same page as the worship leader, uh, then it's, or the worship facilitator, then it's, it, it's kind of not going to go anywhere. Uh, so often, uh, you know, when I have played with you in the past or with, uh, some of the worship leaders here in Cape Town, uh, we would sit down and I'd, and my first question would be like, "Okay, so what do you have in mind for this song?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and often what they have in mind is to do it as the audio that they sent out, or maybe they have uh, a, some they want to take out a certain segment that they feel uh differently about, or they want to do a song more you know on a, more like chilled rather than a, you know an upbeat praise song so that 's the first the first thing I try to find out is, what, is the, what does the worship leader want? Uh, secondly, I try to, to kind of gauge the, the musical ability of the people around me. Mm. Are they musicians that will easily adapt to if I kind of switch things up a little bit? Um, or can, you know, first of all, can, can all of them play sort of what is required on the song? Because mm. that's not always going to be the case. So if I play with a bassist, for instance, that has just started playing, I'm not going to be throwing complex grooves or uh, fills that that might throw throw him or her off. Yeah, uh, I'll try and and sort of gauge wh- where they're at and supply what is needed to get them off the ground. Uh, that's that's the other thing I try to look for. Uh, during songs, I also constantly look for for you know in a rehearsal there are uh, often. There are going to be moments of worship and free worship, mm. uh, and you want to look for those moments where they might potentially happen in the song that you know. Okay, uh, we might go from a structured, uh, you know, bit here to a bit of more of an unstructured thing where I might need to, you know, do some cymbal swells or just full mm. in a little bit and transition to a more free worship type thing. I also try to look for uh, places where I know I should not be playing. Mm. where it can ruin the song, mm. you know, yeah, James is uh, looking at me, you know, it's, it's uh, no, you're, you're not really, a at this. I can think of I some mean, others, it's, it's when the temptation of a solo is too big, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> joke, but that's kind of the places where I know, okay, maybe I should not be playing or places where I should be more intentional about building a song. Yeah. Uh, you know a typical place from a bridge to that last chorus Mm. Uh, you know should I I I, I try and gauge where where the rest of the band is at in terms of that and if that's if it's not there then I need to mention that and say okay well you know we we need to be you know you need to the bass needs to play louder you need to sing more intensely if I'm not picking that up Mm. so there's kind of these nuances that when you're these things you kind of see naturally only for the first time when you're together yeah so yeah a lot of that
0: and, and what, are, what are some of the things that, um, other, that the other musicians do or the worship leaders do that make your life difficult? What are the things that annoy you or frustrate you and you sit there thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> oh,
1: that's uh, dangerous territory. <laughs> go, go easy. No th- names
0: will uh, maybe mention, <laughs> except except maybe yours. Except mine. Except I don't yours. Mine. Okay. Uh,
1: now I think the, the the first thing that that is that is annoying, uh, and I count myself among the guilty multiple times, <laughs> is when someone shows up unprepared. Oh. Yeah. when it's it's I've been I have been that guy I can freely admit it and <laughs> I think it's all of also I have, yeah. why I why I really don't like don't like it it's it just uh, you know it, even if we, when you're rearranging a song or, or um, I don't want to use the, the word winging it if we're restructuring a song you need yeah. to know what you're deviating from mm-hmm. so when someone shows up unprepared and is just not on the same page the, it just ruins uh, the vibe. Yeah. Um, and it ruins kind of where we're headed. Uh, it's, it's, it takes a lot of work to, to, to then get everyone together mm-hmm. and on the same page if you don't know the songs.
0: Just so, a comment on that. To be honest, I find often it's the, the really great musicians who come unprepared because I think they kind of trust in their innate ability, you know, oh, yeah, we, can, we can just wing it. Um, and I think it's often, it's a challenge for those guys. That's why I honor guys like you, and I'm thinking of Adrian Nichols who plays bass, who are so good at your instrument, um, but you, you're putting in the hours. I mean, I can't remember what Adrian said, but it was hours and hours. He doesn't need to practice, mm. but he puts in the time, he puts in the practice because he wants to bring an excellent offering. Uh, so whether you, and, and, and if you're not so confident on your instrument, that's why you're also putting in the time is because you don't want your instrument to be a distraction. Uh, you don't want to be a distraction for, from what God's wanting to do amongst the team. Um, but even if you are really confident, you know, you want to be on the same, like you say, you want every, you want everybody to be on the same page. For that to happen, you've got to come prepared.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I mean, Adrian Nichols is probably the prime example for me when I practice. When he sits down and uh, he only plays bass. <laughs> he, uh, you know, that's why you have a bassist in the band is to translate for the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, J- drummer joke. Um, <laughs> He sits down and also anything between four and six hours. That's yeah. that's the time he prepares for a set uh, when he when we used to when yeah when we used to play. We don't play together often anymore. Uh, when we used to play together on a Sunday, and he uh, he would sit down and he would know the songs from front to back and he would know every note. He mm-hmm. would know which he would know the keys, which ones we're transposing to. Are we going to a relative minor versus any other type of minor? I don't know. I don't speak <laughs> bass, <laughs> but he would know the songs from front to back, and yeah. that that just makes it so easy because you can then sit down and for the first time when you run through it, everybody knows their parts. That is that is something that 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 uh, that gets annoying, and you can you can easily see the difference. And it's like you said, some musicians just trust in their ability to be able to wing it, but then they're thinking up, making up things on the spot because they don't know the songs, mm. and it'll it'll sound like it's working, but it won't be tight. Mm. Uh, unless, I mean, we've had situations where we've just had to show up and, and like there was no time for practice, mm. but we've been playing together for so long, we yeah. can make it work and each of us knows how the other one is thinking. Mm. Uh, and that, I think the thing that annoys me the most, and I have had situations like this, is where the worship leader shows up unprepared. And that it's is... never happened to me. Maybe. That is, no, I, you know, you're, you're not <laughs> under that... Uh, <laughs> under that list (laughs) i just hide it well (laughs) it's like yeah what do you think about (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. drummer but that is that is the most annoying because then uh, we've had uh i've had a practice i remember one distinct practice where he we would have to stop and he would have to look at the lyrics and the chords first and it kind of just it made me uh it I was I was thinking into myself. Oh my gosh, where is this going to go?
0: Yeah. It doesn't inspire the rest of the band. To no, it's prepared. it's
1: definitely not inspirational. And I think if if the worship leader also shows up prepared, I mean, often I know you've encouraged worship leaders to not just know their own parts, but to kind of look at, you know, do 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 you know you know the other instruments parts so that mm-hmm. you can know how to put together what you need to put together, mm-hmm. and. That is not just a. I need, I'm checking you up. That is also it's inspirational. You're inspired to be like, oh wait, I'm actually going to be contributing to the song. Mm. You know, I want uh, I want to be prepared. Mm. Uh, I think the last thing that would that would that is annoying for me is uh, I I've reached the uh, or I like to play with with click track, mm-hmm. and if people on purposely or. Maybe purposely or unpurposely, just ignore the click track and drag the song, or try and speed it up, or if uh, if it's the, if it's predetermined that I determine the tempo of the song, yeah. And someone else, uh, I remember uh, we were doing a conference once, and uh, a very like quite a quite an up there worship leader, uh, up there in terms of he's he's you know he's well respected, um, but he had his own his own um, idea about where the song was going to go. Uh, and we weren't we weren't quite prepared for for mm-hmm. that, and uh, it would, it ended up being a bit of. Uh, it and he wasn't s- on Click, I don't think. He he was not on click. Okay. I th- yeah, I don't recall if he was on click, but he just kind of went his own uh, pace, uh, and I had to follow suit. It was uh, it was quite a quite a bit of a surprise, and I think it wasn't a, things weren't hundred percent tight at that point. Yeah. Uh, so you know, be aware of that. That that is something that 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 uh, that annoys me.
0: Let's quickly chat about click because um, I wanted to. Um, I, I I really feel that that made a huge difference to our band when we started Absolutely. to make it kind of compulsory that the drummer's playing click. So for those who don't know, click track, it's a, basically like a metronome. It's like an app that you can download on your phone or your tablet, um, and then the drummer has got that um, in his ears uh, through in ear monitoring um, or headphones or something like that. And ideally, you would want kind of the whole band on on click, so that that's providing a constant you know, it's my best attempt at click. Um, <laughs> that's providing that constant beat, and so you're not speeding up, you're not slowing down. Um, but, Louis, what would you say to a band that's um, maybe a bit intimidated by it, or how 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 did what do you think is a good way to start to implement it? How can you gradually get in into into it?
1: Yeah, let me start with the bad news. It is horribly annoying when you start out with it. Yeah, uh, there are many, many musicians that 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 don't like the click track at all. It's distracting. They find it, you know, hard to play with. They'd rather play with the drummer. That's tight. The uh, but that still leaves the drummer, and often, more often than not, uh, drummers. Unless you are uh, the the best example I can think of, is. Um, uh, way back from some of my more, you know, BC or before Christ days, uh, AC/DC's drummer. He he's he's one of one of the few that can sit down and play a song and be quite consistent all the way through without needing a click track. Uh, but he's one of probably one of ten drummers that I know of that can just sit down and really be consistent. Mm-hmm. The rest of us, and me especially, I, we, I tend to rush songs when I get excited. <laughs> Uh, and uh, play louder and you know, that's, that's how you know when a drummer is outside your door is when he starts knocking and it just becomes louder <laughs> and speeds up, you know, just gets excited. He, so uh, he, a drummer that's on, that, that starts out with click, uh, the best, best way to, to get onto it and to really provide consistency is to sit in your room and practice rudiments, which is something that every, every drummer should be paying attention to. Yeah. Rudiments are like the, the scales that you practice on piano uh, or on guitar or the, the song exercises, the voice exercises that a vocalist has to do. We have to have exercises that help us to be consistent that strengthen our wrists and that help us to think about patterns and phrases. Mm-hmm. And doing that according to a metronome, you know, it really, really helps a lot. Also, if you just sit down and you play any any grooves you like to play, and you you like you set a tempo and you're like, okay, I want to play it at 130 BPMs beats mm-hmm. per minute, uh, and then try and practice it and keep you know keep that in time to the click, you know, the tick and you 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 really have your hi-hat kind of in sync with that. Mm. Um, it's annoying and intimidating at first. The first time I tried to sit down and I was like, yes, this seems so unnatural. I play faster and slower now because I'm trying to concentrate to be on the click and it doesn't sound natural r- than when I play with without it. But in the long run, you know, the more I played with it consistently just having it in the in my ears, it becomes part of the background. Mm. Later on, you don't even notice the click anymore, but you're, it's sort of, sort of like a subconscious note that you make. Oh, I'm, I'm on click. You know, the, mm. the, the tempo is fine now. I feel kind of naked and exposed with <laughs> if there's not a click track, uh, just because it's, it's, it provides some very clear boundaries in which I can mm. sort of play around with, and not have to worry about, uh, you know, that I'm pushing the band faster or dragging them down. Uh, I, I mean, there are definitely times we play without the click uh, where it, a click is not warranted, but that's that's the exception to me and not, not yeah. the rule. So a band starting out with a click, get the drummer to play on click first. Mm. Uh, quite often we when we play, when I was a student, we used to play, uh, you know, res quad rocks and do worship evenings. I would just have my phone plugged in to my headphones and I'd be the only one on click mm. and the band would know they need to listen to me. So if I tap yeah. us in and we start, I am on click, the song starts and it's consistent. They can just listen to me mm. and trust that I won't you know, start the song too fast or too slow. And uh, having the drummer kind of start and then f- mm. you know, fading it or phasing Fazing. it into the rest of the band as they can hear on in-ears or whatever, yeah. uh, that, that is a great way to start.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and hugely important. If if it's just your drummer on click, then the guitarists, especially, because uh, you you're providing a lot of rhythm, you gotta listen to your drummer.
1: Absolutely. You
0: gotta let the drums lead you, and not the other way around. Which is which is definitely.
1: <laughs> Worship leaders, take
0: note. <laughs> um, and like you say, it's it, it's it's really difficult in the beginning. What I often often say to drummers starting out in it is also, um, at least start a song on click, and then mm. you know if. You, if especially if others aren't on click and you're struggling to keep the tempo, um, you can switch it off like in the first verse or whatever, but at least start us on the right tempo. Uh, and then as, you, as you're doing all that practice at home, as you're practicing your rudiments on click and as you're practicing the songs on click, you're going to become more confident Absolutely. to the point where you can, like Louis says, play a whole song, play a whole set, uh, and then it's just become something that's natural. Uh, because I mean a huge part of playing drums is is keeping time. So you, you if you want to keep time, it's not internal rhythm, it's it's objective yeah, time. Absolutely. So 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 kind of get used to that.
1: And it also helps, especially when we when we play with in ears and it, you know, the click track is in everybody's ears, when there's a silent song and you don't want to be, you know, be on your ride giving time the whole time because it can subtract from the overall sound of the song. Yeah. Uh, I've, or that I I don't know if that's the, the, the if I'm the only one that's annoyed by that, but often mm-hmm. I I don't want to be playing just because the the moment is so 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 nice and intimate. Now yeah. you're coming in with like a, <laughs> 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 you know it's uh, uh, and also uh, starting out with a click is not something that you try out on a Sunday in a service for the first time. Yeah. Uh, more often than not, unless you're extremely talented, I believe it's possible. But more often than not, you will not succeed in using a click for the first time on a Sunday. Yeah, it is something that has to start in the practice room.
0: Yeah, um, and the same applies for percussionists. You can do the same thing. You can oh, have absolutely. a click on a, on your phone, and with your headphones plugged in, and 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 just on your on your jember, whatever count. The, can't abandon. Uh, yeah, tam- practice
1: your shakers and tambourines. You'll find it's or the first time I I tried to, a tambourine on a on a uh, yeah, on a click track. It was uh, much harder than I first imagined. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Louis, I said earlier that you are so good at, at reading me um, as the worship leader. How how what how do you approach that? Like how do you learn to to read a worship leader? And also kind of get that balance between what you feel the Holy Spirit is doing. Because let's face it, if you had to go in a different direction to me, the band would follow you because you're just louder <laughs> than me. And Unless I get the stare. <laughs> so how, how do you learn to lead, le, read the worship leader, but also balance that with what you feel God is saying?
1: I mean, I've learned to lead the worship leader. <laughs> <laughs> See, drummers have all the control. <laughs> Joke. Uh, well, my first on a practical note uh, when i started playing drums the, f- the first thing i would i would kind of subconsciously notice and start looking for is what what is their body language like mm. uh, in a song uh, that's the, i think that's where i started you know it wasn't a divine revelation on mm. oh we are about to hit this this rhythm at this point in time uh, and we are completely going to deviate from structure it was uh, there was always a, a bit of a telltale from the worship leader Especially if they, if if it's in a, uh, a prime example, is going from more type of intimate um, worship song that that's building up and and that needs to reach climax. You will see worship leaders get excited <laughs> about that. You know the intensity, whether it's the intensity of his or her voice. Uh, if they're playing guitar, they, they they tend to you know strum louder or more intense. You, you you if you learn to watch for those details. My foot goes. Yeah, his his foot. I remember playing with. Uh, worship leader called Retief Berger and um, he I mean he's a he's a big oak uh, and he's he had this, like he, had this <laughs> yeah, he had this big stomp that, that he that I know okay this is this is where we're going up and I would just continue going louder and louder until he settled and then I know okay we're we're on the we're on the we're on the desired volume or intensity <laughs> so quite often that is that is the the thing I look for uh, reading worship leaders, it's also about because James and you know, Jamesy and I have been uh, playing together for a while. We get to know each other's mm. sort of preferences, uh, and also the worship leaders I play with on a Sunday regularly. We we've started to get to know each other's preferences, what they what they uh, what gets them excited or what they like um, to hear in a song, and you often uh, get to know your your band members. This is why it's mm. important to to uh, you know. Church or band members are not just components you put together mm. necessarily in worship. Mm. Um, you need to get to know each other yeah. uh, because then you know which, which preferences or what what works. Um, what else do I try to read? I, I think from from worship leaders, it's also their each one kind of has their their their, their, their intentional signs. That they yeah. that they uh, works with with James, it's a wink. <laughs> uh, with someone else like uh, a, a Megan Wilmore, she would actually show me, you know, go up or go down with, with her, her with her hand. Yeah, you know, she would point can up work out those
0: those signals before the time.
1: Yeah, uh, there is always some sort of catalog of signals where they would show you. Okay, I you know I want us to go into free worship. Uh, when directing music, or if she wants us to go back to, say, verse two, she would show it two. Mm. You know, so a lot of these these signs are, are kind of quite intentional before the time, which actually means you can't be in your own world. Uh, the biggest, the Ooh, quickest yeah. way to, because I've done that before and I've missed, uh, I've missed certain signals, and then and then I was the only one playing, and you know, <laughs> everybody's looking at me, and it kind of just ruined the moment. But not but watching the worship leader. Yeah. Uh, eyes open. Eyes open. You know, <laughs> you're you're there to you're there to serve and to uh, to a certain degree you're you're ministering also, and uh, the where the how I learned to to read worship leaders is by simply paying attention. Mm. Um, you you know when they get excited, or they will give you some indication because they also know they have to lead a band. Mm. Uh, and that's that's the, the quickest and easiest way to kind of gauge where we're headed in the song. Okay. It's just to pay attention.
0: Cool. And tell me um, some tips for drummers out there who are wanting to improve their sound or their playing. What, what are some of your go-tos just quickly, like some of the resources that you use or places you turn to?
1: Perfect, yeah. Uh, I mean, the first thing I, I always tell drummers is rudiments, rudiments, rudiments. Those exercises that are scales, practice those as much as you can as often as you can they they do get they feel like they get boring but as soon as you start if you as soon as you commit them to memory and to muscle memory mm. you will start using them on your kit they improve consistency and by default they also improve sound because your sticks and your feet are what are going to be making contact that is that is your point of contact with sound mm. so uh, you need to learn to how, you need to know how to handle your sticks. Rudiments. Uh, there is a, a a great um, drumming forum and website, dromeo.com. They have tons of resources. Uh, also, to improve your sound, uh, on a practical note, for instance, if you if you have a kit that you that just doesn't sound great, sometimes you just sit behind a kit and it just doesn't sound great. Try and invest and replace the the heads. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, quite often church kits are, are the most neglected. Um, <laughs> throwing on a fresh pair of heads usually help, does, does quite a lot and it also inspires then your... your um,
0: How often would a, a typical church kit need to, heads need to be replaced?
1: Uh, in, in Stellenbosch uh, where you know we have two Sundays, uh, two services a Sunday, um, I would say at least every four to six months. Um, just because it's, I mean, if you only use it on a Sunday, I would, I would recommend, you know, yeah. considering it every four to six months. Sometimes the budget doesn't allow it. Mm. I know with small churches, it, it, it tends to become a thing, but um, usually, yeah, about every four to six months. Oh, cool. uh, some other tips, I guess, is also you need to practice at different volumes. Mm. Uh, quite often you're just, you just, you know, you sit in your room and you're playing a certain style. Uh, that certain style you must practice at different volumes and it feels different. Mm. The way it feels often translates to what volume. Mm. Uh, so yeah, resources on uh, typical resources I go to are basically Drumio and then lots of YouTube. I mean, Mike's Drum lessons. He's got a, he's got a ton of of tips for for people just to 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 play and to groove with. Um, yeah, that's that's what I can you, think of. You always now. spend
0: a lot of time tuning before the time. How do you, how do how does somebody learn how to tune the drums?
1: That's a very good question. I. Yeah, I do spend quite a lot of time because uh, you know, if, if drums are kind of off, it it also doesn't it subtracts from from the experience. Uh, that is probably one of the most subjective um, things to do. It's, it's not like you can just put a tuner on your. You can you can put a tuner on your drums, uh, but quite often you know you, you, it just takes a lot of time. So I try to. My approach is to loosen all the skins first, top and bottom. Oh. And then uh, I finger tighten all the tuning lugs. Uh, and if it's a floor tom, I try to get it to a point where, where, where it sounds natural to me. Um, I have a I kind of have a sound in mind when I look at the floor tom, say if it's a mm. 14 inch floor tom, uh, you know, you have a certain type of do you wanna get out of it. Mm. Uh, and I know I won't get exactly the sound I want, but I'll try to get as close to it as possible. Mm. So practically, Loosen Top and bottom, finger tighten all the way. So you basically turn the lug with your finger until you cannot anymore. And then you kind of tap around to to hear what the sound is. And you would often hear like a papery sound. Uh, if it's too tight, it would sing too much, like have too much sus, um, uh, sustain. Uh, almost said too much sustenance. It's not like it's going to be feeding me. Uh, and then... I I basically tighten from there, and I try to get each the the sound. If you tap close to each drum lug, yeah. that screw that you that you that you tighten, you want to have the sound that comes out there to be consistent all round. Mm. So that takes some time to to really train your ear to yeah, to hear. It's a hear. skill to learn. Yeah. Uh, so you take you have to take a, a time to learn which you know which lug is. T- tighter and lower mm. and from there you kind of need to play around yeah. and def- decide what it is you want but those are the general rules I follow is, you know, loosen all of them, finger tighten, make sure that the lugs are consistent and then play with, with different tensions. I often have my tight, the top head or the top end tighter than the bottom or the reverse and I try to see what works for the room I'm in.
0: Mm. Um, lo- last point I want to get to is, is just your relationship with the sound man uh, I know with us, with Reina, who does our sound most Always of the time. Always contentious. <laughs> um, but what's really great for me is, is when the sound man really gets um, excited about the sound of the drums and he'll give you feedback uh, in terms of even your tuning.
1: In words, not in terms of sound.
0: <laughs> he'll give you feedback and, and often he'll also speak to you about the volume that you're playing. at. So, so how do you, you mentioned playing and practicing at different volumes, so, so how do you approach... Uh, a cha- really challenging hall. A lot of churches gather in like ch- uh, school halls, which is just the sound bounces everywhere, and the drums can very easily overwhelm everything else. Uh, how do you get that right? Um, and also your relationship with the sound. Man.
1: Yeah, that's actually quite an important relationship. It's uh, um, it's not just contentious. It's also very very important simply because there can easily be a misunderstanding. It's probably the uh, a relationship where where you know a misunderstanding can easily happen hmm. um, with Whenever we're we're out playing at, at different churches, uh, my first question is always after a practice or after a song to ask Rayna to be like, listen, is this too loud? Mm. And often he would come to me and say, okay, listen, your cymbals are too loud. Please play them softer. So I'd make a, a conscious effort mm. to to try and 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 really sort of soften that um, without compromising the play. Simply because he has he has a certain balance he has to hit. Mm. At the end of the day, it doesn't. It's not about me trying to really enjoy the groove. Uh, it's about what what comes out out of the PA system and do, reaches the the congregation. Yeah. So I I, I often I ask for feedback often, hmm. uh, and the other thing I, I try to do is is I take the feedback at face value. I let him tell me uh, my symbols are too loud. I need to play softer, but I don't tell him. I don't let. Other soundmen necessarily tell me how I need to do that uh, I, I you know sometimes uh, sound men would refer would would, uh, would want me to play with different sticks, but that would then affect the rest of the groove mm-hmm. so what I, what I do try to do and I'm and I'm honest with them. I'm, I say, listen, I okay, I'll I'll play softer. I take the the feedback at face value, and I just hit the cymbal softer with my sticks. But I don't necessarily change my sticks because I need them for 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 different components of the drum set. Mm. Um, I I do know of of some cases where where drummers felt they were they were being you know pressured into a completely different playing style, mm. by the soundman because the soundman requested you know you're playing too loud. So I I kind of just change my my. My, my style or my discipline, I don't necessarily change my sticks, but that comes from practicing. Yeah. So often, uh, you know, this, these types of things, it's, it's important to have this in the relationship mm-hmm. with your sound man. So that is uh, also when, when I'm playing with an unknown soundman like he's the first person I walk up walk up to and say hi I'm the drummer you know if, if we need to talk <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I apologize beforehand for No, but it's it's kind of just checking with him and saying listen is there is are the levels okay um, that's the that's the biggest thing for me is because it's he's got to work with what I give him mm. and uh, if I give him too much you know, he's going to have to crank other people and the balance is going to be out. So I'm very sensitive to, you know, what the sound man needs, but I'm also careful not to have him influence the, what, what I need to provide as well that fits the song.
0: Awesome. Louis, that's all we got time for. Uh, it's been so good to talk. Thanks for your time.
1: Thanks. It was, uh, it's a big privilege to be here.
0: Yeah. And thanks for listening. For those who listened, um, I hope that it was helpful and inspiring and encouraging for you. And looking forward to seeing more with you next time. Let's you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining the Spirit Truth Podcast. Check out chauffeurband.com for music and resources. You can also subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media.